0: Hey guys, the show is about ready to start, but really quick, I wanted to grab your attention, tell you to have a pencil and paper ready. I have some very important information you're going to want to stick around for after the show regarding updated contact information, websites, and more. Everything's changed. Holy cow. What do I mean? Everything's ready to start. I gotta run. Stick around after the show and I'll get you filled in. Welcome to this podcast. Get ready. Here we go. GOST Radio proudly presents Random Illusions, the podcast where the occult community goes for its listening pleasure. I'm your host Shasta Ray. Grab a cup of coffee, grab a cup of tea, or grab a glass of wine at the end of a long day if that's what you want to do. Kick back, settle in, and hang out with me for just a little bit while we chatted up about magic. Hey there, happy campers out there in podcast land. It's Shasta Ray, and you are listening to Season 2 of episode 42 this is the episode once a year that we give you the answers to life the universe and everything and tonight i am joined in the studio by none other than zoltan the talking podcast bird and none other than the mystical musician himself tim cheesebrow hello And uh, Zoltan's a little bit confused. He got a baby brother a couple days ago, and his name is Cricket. And Cricket is, like, naturally tame. I don't know what is wrong with this bird. He is totally amazing. He's a very young bird, but he has to be quarantined for a month, so the birds haven't actually met yet. They've just kind of seen each other from a distance, and they're very intrigued. So, But Zoltan comes down here, and he likes hanging out, so he's being silly. And he was climbing all over me a minute ago. So tonight, we're going to do a mashup of various interesting things. We got a little bit of listener mailbag for Ouija October 2022. And some other great advice for the channeling challenge. We thought we just chatted out about magic today.
1: I mean, that is the, the basis of the podcast.
0: Yeah, yeah, you know. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, sometimes we have more of an agenda. Sometimes we we meander more than other times. So we gotta we gotta mash up. So, do you well, wanna? Let's,
1: let's be honest. Even when we have an agenda, we meander anyways.
0: Yeah, we still end up with a mashup. So let's start out with listener mailbag. This is really cool. Everybody's favorite country, Zimbabwe, wrote us. Oh my gosh, <laughs> this is so cool. So what? Oh, see, Zoltan is very excited, and he was mentioned in this email. It says, Hi Shasta, I am the lone Zimbabwean who listens each week to your podcast. I have had the strongest desire to contact you for a while now, so today I took the bull by the horns. I love your podcast, it's such an inspiration to me, and it really does encourage me to work with the angels and do magic regularly. Yay! I'm just a bit confused about this attunement to angel stuff. I also do Reiki, I have up to a second degree so I can distance heal. To be honest, I seldom use it. However, I'm stumped as to how to use it to attune to an angel. Maybe you could enlighten us on a future podcast episode. Anyway, many thanks for a great podcast and keep up the good work. Send Zoltan a kiss for me. Regards, Debbie from Zimbabwe. Thanks, Debbie from Zimbabwe. And Zoltan is right here. Give me a kiss, buddy. There you go. He just did nose boop. <laughs> nose boop for Zimbabwe.
1: Now there's a t-shirt for you. <laughs> Zoltan. Nose boop for Zimbabwe. No one would get it. Ever. <laughs> He's a good little
0: bird. He likes hanging out down here. And, and now he has a fan. That is so cool. So what do you think, Tim? Do I mean, I don't I like- really do Reiki, but you and I have both done like the class, the online thing. Yeah. I tend to just ask a spirit directly using my books. And that's what I tend to do. I started out using my uh, servitors for a very long time. And then this past year or so, I've just gone straight to the spirits themselves. But you probably worked with your Reiki energy work a little bit more than I did. Do you have any ideas? I know other people just played with it until they figured it out. Somebody sent me an attunement once
1: that they did that way. So Reiki is all about moving the one universal energy of which we are all a part. and it's always moving through us anyways. So I think it's, it's really as simple as make yourself a, a funnel for that energy and direct it where you want it to go. Try and like direct it towards whatever being you're trying to contact and then just ask that being for that connection to be permanent. And I haven't had anybody say no yet. It's not like you're asking them, you know, to be with you every second of the day. You're just basically saying, hey, can I have your phone number so I can call you sometimes?
0: Yeah. Um, and you know what? I would say also with Reiki, if you've worked with that, with any kind of Reiki energy, you're going to be a little bit more sensitive to how energy feels. You could also use that knowledge so that when you do a, a connection to a spirit or you pose a request, you use your book, whether it's a sigil scan or whatever method you like, you might be able to sense it a little bit more. Use that knowledge to help you feel the energy and feel that connection when you
1: pose that request. Because that's that's all an attunement is, really. It's somebody asking if they can have a direct line to another spirit, which you can do just by asking, or if you want to use Reiki, do it through that. Or, you know, through prayer or through meditation or through some ritual working it, it don't matter. It's all the, it's all the same thing.
0: And then once you have an attunement, you can use your Reiki knowledge also for moving that energy. If you want to attune an object or a room or yourself, or you just want to fill yourself with that energy, it'll help you sense it a lot more.
1: One of the things that I do sometimes is kind of try and attune myself to different entities for different times or different purposes so for instance if i'm going to go play a show i would probably try and harness or tether the energy from Haniel and yofiel just so that i can make beautiful music and i can express it in a way that people are going to love it and i can tell you that every time i've done that those shows have been fantastic so it totally does work and so you can do it situationally if you're going into a business meeting, maybe you want to channel some Zod or some Metatron energy. Real quick, just, you know, just kind of set yourself up with that expectation, ask for that connection and that help, and you'll have it.
0: And, you know, I have been mentioning this a year ago. I started working with Shaz, the 44th spirit of the Goetia. I've worked with other spirits of the Goetia since then. In fact, I did just the other night. I worked with a couple different ones. And uh, anyway... The one thing we've mentioned over and over is building a relationship with the spirits you're working with. So if you're going to have an attunement or an energy tether or an energy connection, and you're going to work with it, if you work with that spirit repeatedly, you're going to start being able to channel information from them, knowledge, conversations, whatnot, but also whatever it is they're really good at, ask them for just kind of a constant feed of that. And in working with Shaw's for a solid year now, the amount of truth that I have channeled through this being is phenomenal. And the angles of truth and the things that he has revealed has been crazy and just it it's mind boggling. That's all I can say. And it, it just deepens and deepens and deepens. And you really can't fathom something like that until you work intensely with any spirit. And it doesn't mean you have to just shut off to All of them, except for one, you can work with a handful at a time and maybe you work with each one once a week, you know, but you will start just automatically funneling the benefits of that spirit's
1: superpowers,
0: whatever they're best at.
1: Yeah. And they don't, you know, they don't fight. They don't get jealous. They're above that stuff. So don't, don't worry about offending one by working with another. They don't care. They're just happy that you're doing something.
0: They all know each other anyway. They're all part of the same system. Like Tim said last week, it's like an ocean with waves. You know, there's all these individual waves, but they're all part of the big mass also. So you can think of all your angels and spirits that way. But I would just say, really, Debbie, just keep playing with your Reiki and your angels. If you're working with angels regularly anyway, I'm sure there's several that you work with repeatedly. Start with those and then just see if you can sense energy with your knowledge of Reiki and see where you take it for you. It could be that you develop something that's very unique to you too.
1: I second that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, right good. on. Nice to hear from you. Right back anytime. It was lovely. And Zoltan is he's sitting on my shoulder now and he's been dancing around and and uh, doing his little happy dance. So, yay! Awesome. And then we have some obscure fan mail from
1: uh, somebody that follows Tim. Someone did reach out to me and asked for resources to learn how to make and consecrate talismans and whether or not I could point them in the right direction. So I looked through my library and I came up with a couple of book recommendations for those who want to check that kind of stuff out. And I will tell you more or less what I told this person. There are folks online who like to try and make this process out to be a big, scary thing. is offering a class on it. They alone have the keys to do it properly and if you don't perform it the right way. any deviation will end in absolute catastrophe. Catastrophe. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I don't know I, I've heard this from more than one source. I mean it's you know so have I. we've had we've but, had past episodes on that too. It's just not so. It's not that way okay so I told this person I said, you can do this. it's really not that hard. Here are some resources. So if you go to the Twilight Grotto, the website is esotericarchives.com. Joseph Peterson has graciously hosted this site for many years. It's an awesome resource with full texts of any of the open source grimoires and things from back in the Renaissance that can be published without copyright infringement. And one of the things that's published there is The Key of Solomon, which is Is also called the Plavicula Solomonis. The version he has there is edited or translated from Mathers and Crowley. And I think you'll find everything you need there to make Solomonic Pentacles, for sure. The recipe for how to consecrate them is in there. It's actually not that long. It's like a page and a half, maybe, of instructions on how to consecrate them. And it basically boils down to light a candle, light some incense, There's a little circle you got to draw on your altar. You read a bunch of psalms and you say a little oration and you let the candle burn down. It's it's not it's not rocket surgery, you know, and it's all in there. It's all in that book. It's net and it's free. So that's an easy one. What was that website again? Esotericarchives.com. It's just a it's a great resource for any of this occult magic type. Uh, source material.
0: Awesome. I will have that in the show notes. And then from a chaos standpoint, I just want to interject. If you're someone who takes your magic seriously, but you just don't jive with some of that real old traditional ways and all that, if you have your own way of dedicating a tool magically to your practice, that's a consecration. Sometimes I've sang it into its uh, working status. A person could, if you play an instrument or something, you could write a small little piece of music and just dedicate it for consecrating any kind of magical tool and then call in whatever deities that you work with for that and um, do it your way. I mean, not everyone follows a ceremonial magic tradition, but may want to work with the different tools, but you may be a pagan. You may have different ways of consecrating your magic tools. So do it works for you too? It just needs to be meaningful, really, and connected to the divine. You're dedicating a tool to your magic use, and that's what consecration really boils down to. Take it seriously and have respect for the process, whatever that process is
1: and I would say before, you know before we go on, a couple other books to check out would be "How to Make and Use Talismans by israel regardier he's just a he's a very well respected Kind of OG Golden Dawn kind of guy, and he's got really solid research and translations. And so most of the stuff by him I find is pretty solid. And then if you want something from a little more historical perspective, something that's a little more scholarly, there's a um, an anthropologist, my my Geen or my Jean is her first name, and then Gonzalez Whipler is her last name. She has a book called The Complete Book of Amulets and Talismans. And that is kind of a anthropological viewpoint on magical talismans throughout history, and does not function like a grimoire like these other ones do. But it's really interesting, and I think it's worth a read if it's something you plan on doing yourself. And then there's another book by a contemporary author, Nick Nick Farrell or Farrell, and he just has a book called "Making Talismans," and it's chock full of really great information. So those are several books that you can hit up and then yeah we are you know we were talking about basically what you had said that consecration is more or less you're asking a divine being or the divine itself to imbue this tool with its energy and to make it a holy sacred object that is no longer a profane thing it's it's no longer just a knife it's your ritual dagger it's no longer a metal disc with scratches on it. It is a pentacle. You're kind of declaring it a thing to be holy and also asking for it to be made holy at the same time. And that's the heart of it. And everything else is just whatever tradition you choose, whatever it clicks with your brain. And so, like I right. said, some people are some people are gonna go ceremonial, some people are gonna go and just do whatever they want. I mean, you could consecrate it with anything. Yeah. But but one thing to keep in mind, and this is where I think some people may go off the rails a little bit, is that you want to make sure that when you're doing this stuff you're doing it in a respectful way. Yes, you can consecrate it any way you want, but maybe consecrating it with a dirty Kleenex is not the way to go. That's pretty disrespectful. Right. <laughs> or use common sense. Don't don't be a jerk to the uh spirits you're trying to ask for favors to. There is a there is a there's a two-way street of respect that has to be maintained these relationships tend to be fruitful at all. I and would I say, think,
0: you know, at the at the very bare bottom root of it, clear some space and time, quiet your head, do it when you won't be disturbed. And you could do this in the moment anywhere. I would say, you know, do something to clear the day out of your head, clear your mood away so you're not focused on the mundane world and then spend some time with it. And you could say a prayer, you could light a candle, you could do a quick request it didn't it wouldn't need to be super fancy to be respectful. So like don't get pomp and circumstance mixed up with respect. Respect comes from your psyche and your heart and you know where your head is. So set the time aside and turn off your electronic devices and dedicate that time and space to you're gonna you're gonna be having a conversation with God. Think of it that way. Would you be, you know? rushing it and trying to do 12 things at once just to get through the process. No, you would give God your undivided attention. If an archangel was standing before you, you wouldn't be doing a bunch of dumb mundane stuff around your house. You would be paying attention to that angel. Take it
1: seriously like that. Yeah. I mean, all these ideas about creating space and having uh, being, you know, ritually pure taking you know, a lot of people like a ritual bath before they do these things. It's to create that space in yourself, which is a lot like putting your cell phone on mute when you're about to go to a meeting. You don't want to be the person that's checking their phone every 30 seconds and not being fully invested in the conversation.
0: Yeah, it's 2022. Also, sacred space can be a room where you're not going to be bothered and a time where you know you're not going to be interrupted and demanding that respect if you have uh, other people in your household whatever and some it doesn't need to be a fancy room but make it a space where you're not going to have people walking in and things interrupting you and and uh, that that's what sacred space it, you can dedicate anything to your space but it's what you do with that space and time while you're in it that makes it sacred
1: i've heard it said from other people that you know you should never do any of this stuff in the bathroom because it's disrespectful but I respectfully disagree. I think that dedicating your shower as a sacred space is a great idea.
0: What are you uh, gonna be where are you gonna be taking that ritual bath if you're gonna be taking a ritual bath, that's sacred space? <laughs> and that's typically a bathroom <laughs> logic out the window.
1: Yeah. Well, when you when you see logic fallacies like that, you just gotta call them out and dismiss them and, and keep going. But you can think about that. I mean, if you can take 10 minutes out, just take an extra long shower. Make sure you lock the door so nobody can come bother you. Just make it a nice quiet time. You're not gonna offend the divine by being naked. God knows what you look like. <laughs> it's not it's not gonna be a surprise. You know, hey,
0: and you know, it is a really expensive day and age. You're a good example. Just normal everyday family life. You've got a wife and three kids. That's a lot of hustle and bustle during the day. Sometimes there's people that the only space they can have with a door that's going to lock is going to be a bathroom. So turn on some like uh, meditation music and just say you're going to chill in the bathtub or something. Even if you don't even get in the bathtub, you could put down a clean towel and sit on the floor and spend some time with your books for, you know, 10, 15 minutes, if you can do that. But sometimes you got to make space where you got to make space. And we're in modern times. Sometimes we don't always have every luxury of everything. So are you going to not do your magic because you're afraid of where you're doing it? Or are you going to make the most of what you have to work with? The divine doesn't care.
1: No, no. And that's, that's the other thing to keep in mind about, a lot of this ritual stuff, especially around consecrations, that people tend to you know, get their get their undies in a bunch about it. But if you perform a ritual, letter perfect with all the right materials obtained from all the right sources, cut from the right shears on the right day and the right hour, and blah, 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 do you think any of that's going to impress God? No, God is not impressed by your ability to follow instructions. Nor is God going to be, you know, totally put out and angry that it didn't follow the instructions to a T.
0: And there's somebody else's instructions from
1: a few hundred years ago. So I think what God appreciates is the effort, the sincerity, the time and energy, the focus, you know, the thoughtfulness.
0: How do you live your life? That goes back to last week. We were talking about, you know, how are you living your life when you're doing your magic? Are you being a douche nozzle or are you being an upright individual?
1: It would seem to me that God's not terribly a fan of douche nozzles. <laughs> <laughs> of dosh nozzles. <laughs> the snozberries taste like snozberries. Uh, I don't think
0: so. <laughs> okay, so let's get back on track about
1: being respectful about your space. Don't be a dorsh nasal. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. So let's let's think about res- what respect would look like in a uh, in a relationship with the spirit. I would say, you know, one of the things the spirit's going to care about, probably whether you are approaching them with sincerity or with honesty. I mean, they can they can see right through you. So if you're trying to pull one over on them or you're trying to lie, they don't get it or they, they do get it and they don't like it. I think it would look like, it would look like, uh, you presenting yourself or acting in a way that you would act towards any other human that you were trying to impress or be on the good side of. Or, I mean, eventually when you work with these spirits long enough, they, they become your friends and you can, you know, you can joke around with them and, and, uh, there's a level of familiarity there. But, but at first, I think there, there's something to be said for kind of respecting them like you would any other, business meeting maybe. So, you know, don't contact them sitting around in your ratty old t-shirt and boxers. Put on clothing so that you look and feel like you're ready to have a respectful conversation.
0: Sit up straight. That's a yeah. really easy way in the moment even. Just sit up straight, give your full attention, and, you know, on the on the topic of lying, a lot of people here on In our meat suits and on the earthly plane, we come up with these justifications and these lies and these little untruths and stuff for whatever it is that we're wanting. When you're dealing with spirits, they just don't care. I mean, they have no judgment on the situation. They don't care. Just talk to them about it and whatever you want, present to them. It's that easy. You don't have to worry about them passing judgment on you for why you want that thing or that situation to fall into place. There's no shame. So if well, it's th- if it comes down to something that bad, then maybe you should question what it is you're asking for that's making you react that way in the first place. Because the 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 negativity is on you and your psyche at that point. So maybe just think it out a little bit more before you go through with it, if you're worried about it. But yeah.
1: Yeah. They don't care one way or the other, partially because they already know what you're going to ask before you ask it. Because remember, they they exist outside of linear time. So the so the whatever whatever it is you were going to ask, they've already heard that request before you've asked it. They've already had this conversation before you've had it. So nothing you're going to say is going to surprise them. Like they've they've seen it all and they already know what's going to happen. Yeah. So there's really no reason to be embarrassed because your your dirty laundry is already out there.
0: Well, and I'll just take a second here and get off on a little side note. It's a good place to mention this since we mentioned these spirits can go back and forth through time at will. Sometimes we do magic for something, some little mundane thing or for some money or whatever it is that we do magic for. And there's always the classic case of the postman arrives 10 minutes later and there is a check in the mail for some obscure thing. And so you dismiss it thinking, well, that wasn't a result of the magic I just did because I did the magic 10 minutes ago. It's impossible. Okay. You just discounted your <laughs> result. <laughs> These beings, as soon as you posed that request, if there was a situation to mean be manipulated, they could have went back in time, even a month ago and put that in place and put those wheels in motion so that it showed up 10 minutes later. You have to have faith in, what seems unbelievable. And that's going to perpetuate your magical results also. Is even when you get those weird little unimaginable things, remember these beings can go backwards and forwards through time. And our little brains can't really conceive that because we can't do
1: it. Yeah. And it's also a matter of perspective, right? Because you may not see how all of the things are connected or what what all had to line up for that result to occur. But from their perspective it's all very logical they can see the they can see the causal chain and so it's you know what seems miraculous to us is totally mundane to them right and it's we don't have their point of view so we can't see it and and, and you know everybody's heard this example but i'll just bring it up is the the idea about what what a sphere looks like to a two-dimensional person they you know they would see a dot then a little circle, then a big circle, then a really big circle, then a little circle, smaller circle, a dot, and then it would go away as the sphere passed through their reality. They don't understand the relationship enough to to be able to conceive what a sphere is. They can only observe what they can observe and through their observations, they can predict what might come next, which is basically what we do with science. But the reality remains is that from where we are sitting, we have a very limited. And so, you know, things that you think are totally out of reach might be completely within your grasp. You just don't see how it's possible because you don't see all the pieces.
0: Right. Yeah. I've had a lot of personal examples with that lately with the, I'm still riding the wave on the August shadow work challenge. So that'll, that'll come back around one day for storytelling, but yeah, you know, it's just, No matter what you're doing, and the the attunements or the tethers, spirit connections, just one way to enhance all of your magic, but part of it boils down into just faith in the system, trust the system, faith that you put the request out there, it's heard, you'll be answered. That's our job. Just know that you're going to be heard and answered and try not to shoot down their work when they provide those results, you know? (laughs) We we tend to do that. It's human nature for some reason. But once you develop those... Okay, so here's another odd little strange thing that came up. And I have several spirits that I work with pretty closely. And they knew that I wanted a third bird. The one that I have on order hasn't hatched out yet. And it may not for months. I may not even get the one that I'm ordering for months and months and months. So this little bird was in the pet store. And for whatever reason... He wasn't any special coloration or anything. He would not leave my head. And I went back in a week later, still a baby. You know, they would got this brand new bunch in. Uh, a week later, this bird was still there. And I was like, all right, I got to put this bird out of my head. I, this isn't, you know, I'm just kidding myself. And so last week on Friday, I was like, well, if he's still there, I'm going to get him to eat. I've never had a bird lock into my head this bad, especially just a typical coloration green natural color parakeet and went in there he was there brought him home he is the most amazing bird I have ever experienced from a pet store this animal seems like he is completely years tame and he can't be any more than nine weeks old I fully believe that all of my time and patience and dedication with Zoltan and Aggie have resulted in like this gift that was given to me now, is he just a gift or is he a familiar? I don't know, but I do feel like he was a gift at the very least. So you start getting things that you really, really want without even asking for them. sometimes. That's frivolous. You may get emergency stuff at, answered, all
1: sorts of things. So, you know, experiment. Play with this. Play with this concept. I mean, it can happen on a small scale, too. Uh-huh. Like, on the way home tonight. I was driving home and there was a bunch of construction and somebody had messed up a bunch of cones and so it was like totally unclear where you were supposed to drive and i ended up turning onto this uh little canada road is the name of it and um i kind of got this inkling that i should keep on going on this road and then i decided not to because there was there was a taco bell just a little farther up and i thought nah i'm going to get a taco on the way well, I drive the extra 10 minutes up the, or whatever up the road. I get to the Taco Bell, the cash machine, or the, the credit card machine is broken. So I couldn't get a taco at all. And then I went down the road from that particular restaurant to would have led right to my house. And for whatever reason, that road was closed. I couldn't get through. So I had to go all the way back around. And the shortest way to get back to my house from where I was was to get on Little Canada Road. Now, had I just listened to my intuition and kept on going, I could have saved myself about 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, when that stuff happens, you know, and again, I'm guilty of having had it, recognizing it, and then just ignoring it. I shouldn't have done that. I should have just. But you can also use. And, and gone with it.
0: Yeah, you can also use those moments because they are so fresh in your memory. As a learning experience to help fine tune your ability to hear, which we were also going to talk about a little bit tonight, too. How to hear. And I had a very interesting story to tell on how I was introduced to how to hear a spirit. Well, tell
1: away, sister.
0: All right. So this was back in the day before I really found occult magic as I practice it now. And I was back into a phase where I was kind of going to a contemporary church a little bit. I reached out to a friend of mine that I've known since high school, and she's really into the Christian religion, Christian faith, and super good heart. And we were talking about stuff, and she was talking about how to hear the voice of God. And I think she may have used the example of voice of Christ and she says, it's actually very easy. It's just that first off, most people don't believe they can do it. And second off, it, it, I think it's probably tied to ego. Maybe it's tied to the busy world we live in. It's really hard to shut off our thoughts. But if you can manage to quiet your thoughts when you ask a question, you're going to hear an answer. And it's going to sound and feel just like a thought, but you won't have generated it. And sometimes it's a little bit difficult to pick that up. But that's the easiest way is to just stop thinking. Once you ask a question, stop and pay attention to the thoughts that come into your head after you ask that angel or that spirit a question. And most often, you're going to dismiss it as, No, that wasn't it. That's too, that's too easy. (laughs) You'll dismiss it again, but it's literally that easy and everyone can do it. Most people just don't believe they can.
1: Or they don't believe that what they're hearing is that spirit. They probably just think, oh, that's just my own head. But that's how a spirit's going to talk to you is through your own head. That's the easiest way to do it. And one,
0: one way to determine, I think is, our own thoughts tend to be very self-sabotaging, and it's okay to challenge. Uh, let's not use the word challenge. It's okay to test the information that you channel. Don't feel bad about doing that. And so you if you should. And you should. And if you get a message, first off, it's not going to seem like a, me- a, a thought you would have come up with in your psyche. Second off, it will never be something that will harm you or suggest that you do something messed up. And third, if you follow through and check it out or you see where that thought leads to, usually it's going to either lead to truth or better ideas. That's going to lead you to the opportunity you're looking for or the knowledge you're looking for. It's going to be useful in that capacity somehow.
1: Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, Hollywood has done the disservice of presenting it the exact opposite way that it actually happens where. It's common to assume that when you're channeling all of a sudden a spirit will overtake you or you know take over your personality or uh you're, get you maybe you're possessed or maybe it's going to start telling you things like you should hurt yourself or
0: you convulse backwards and you you're immobilized and, and yes, there's a free dramatic free. thing you know
1: <laughs> in my experience it's never been anything like that. Usually it's more been, I ask a question, I just sit and try and clear my mind. And then all of a sudden, something just pops in there and I go, huh, yeah, that's an interesting way to look at that. All right, I'm going to write that down. It's it's very much like talking to yourself.
0: Or another uh, way is it'll be like a a big aha moment. You're going to have a realization. You're going to suddenly have an idea of how to accomplish whatever it is you're trying to accomplish or figure out, piece together, whatever the situation is. And here again, it's easy to dismiss. It's going to feel like your own thoughts, like you figured it out. Someone's putting it there. You just asked for that information. You just got it. (laughs) Yep. It's very natural feeling because it's a natural process.
1: That's a really profound statement because it it addresses the thing that I think a lot of People getting into this practice, they encounter the disappointment when the reality doesn't live up to the Hollywood hype. And when magical moments don't feel magical at all, they feel very natural and normal. Because, as you say, it's a natural and normal process. We're meant to operate this way, but we think it's supposed to be this really dramatic light and sensation show. But that's just not how it works. (laughs)
0: No, it's uh, a lot of times I almost wonder if it's in the nature of the whole process for us to pose a request to the divine, we get the answer, and it is a non-production, because we got that result. So now we can move on it. We can move forward. We don't need to sit there in the moment and make a production about the fact we got it. You know, they just, maybe they got other things to do and other uh, customers to serve. I don't know. (laughs) But a lot of times I've had magic results, realizations, answers, whatever it may be. And I may have that realization. It's like, oh, I got that result. Gosh, it's been a week now. I got wow, I got results or whatever. And it it just flows into your life and fits in and you tend to forget and your life is better because of it. And then it's like later you have this aha moment, like, oh, wow, (laughs) that's magic. That is magic right there. Your life will continue. You'll get your result and you'll almost completely forget that you even asked or wanted it in the first place.
1: Well, we kind of train ourselves to do that. Right. Like when, we, when we're not lusting for results, we kind of train ourselves to to forget the things that we've done and not expect results and just kind of let it go into the back of our minds. So we shouldn't feel bad when we realize months later that, hey, here's a result. Oh, oh, I should have uh, I should have been keeping track of that. I totally forgot about that. You were supposed to forget about it. You try yeah, forget about it.
0: You can give them a, a quick thanks in the moment and uh, just the recognition that you, you know, hey, I got a result from that spirit. Say thanks. That's all they really need. Here again, they can go back and forth through time so they can experience that thanks as if you just gave it to them when you got that result. So yeah, it, it's kind of neat. They're sneaky. The spirits are really sneaky that way, but they're sneaky in a good way. They'll, they'll get you taken care of. They'll be on to their next assignment. And no one knows the better, <laughs> even though well, you were desperately wanting it before. They just fix everything,
1: you know? That's also why in some of the gallery of magic books, they will tell you as part of their ritual to to kind of give thanks and adopt a an attitude of gratefulness while you're in the middle of the working as though it had already succeeded. Yep. And it seems kind of silly to do. Until you realize that, yeah, the being you're talking to don't experience linear time. So why not wrap up the thank you into the ritual so that you remember to do it? Because I think a lot of people, they forget to say thank you because they forget to notice the result. But if you bake the thank you into the ritual. That's a really great way to look at it, too. And then just realize that, yeah, that, that entity can experience that moment of gratitude after they've done the working because they can they can go around in time in whatever order they want. That's
0: <laughs> a great way to look at it. I'm going I'm, to speaking of going back in time. I'm going to loop back around to what you said with the uh, consecration question you got from the, the individual that you had heard from. And I will put a link in the show notes as well as in her little profile on the friends and guests link on the random illusions dot com website. Miss Aida had a really interesting live stream last evening, yesterday evening on Facebook, and it is on her page. So I'll post that link and it is on the topic of fraud in the metaphysical realms, especially this time of year. She did touch on some stuff with the ceremonial frauds. So I would like to mention anyone that would like some great tips on not getting taken. She had a great presentation. She's always a lot of fun. Check that out. I think it runs about 40 minutes or so. She did a really great job with that.
1: Yeah. She usually does. Her webinars are pretty interesting and and uh and that yeah, that topic's, you know, because we've we've covered it a lot lately because um it is important. And
0: and we are going to be having Miss Aida. Hopefully if we get everything recorded and edited the way I'd like For it to all fall in place, she is going to be our grand finale for Ouija October 2022. And we are going to have a small little round discussion about scary monsters. So we'll just leave you dangling with that teaser. But yeah, check out her live stream that she just had last night. Here again, I'll put the link in the show notes and on her profile. Yeah, so we I guess we got off on a little side thing there. So just back on the whole channeling topic. Yeah, I've I've discovered that this friend of mine and I I would say it was about 12 years ago, she gave me that advice, quiet your thoughts and you can start hearing whatever it is that you want to hear. You need to practice with it. And I saw a um I saw an article written right about that same time frame. I'd say within a year of her giving me that advice, I saw something written where someone tried an experiment where they're like, "Hmm, I wonder if I could hear the voice of God, or at least the voice of something, the universe or something. And they would pose a question, and it would be mundane, yes or no kind of a thing. And they would quiet their thoughts until they felt like they were hearing yes or no, and then they would check it. And here again, they would would test their results. And I remember that the story went where they would ask random questions when they were on the bus and things like that mundane little trivial things or come up with stuff questions about their job for when they got there and the more this individual practiced over the course of about six months they got really good at just hearing divine advice to the point where it got like a a a friend they were almost talking to in their head and it got incredibly accurate but the person Practiced over a span of time. It wasn't a tremendous amount of time, but they said it was an incredible experience and something that became such a part of their day to day, minute to minute life that they couldn't imagine a time that they didn't do it. So it's a, it's a fun thing to practice with. Even if you don't take it to that extreme, open your head, quiet your thoughts, let ego go away, stop listening to yourself and see what other ideas come in from the outside and then test it, enjoy it, see what you can do with it.
1: Yeah. When I've done it, I've always had a very distinctly warm feeling connecting to these entities, I'll, you know, like they're like their family, just kind of like that. They are radiating care and that they want the best things for for me and the people in my life. And so I would say don't, you know, don't, don't be scared about getting started with a regular practice because it's only going to make things better for you. And when you work with a, a spirit enough, they start to kind of take on their own voice, their own character, I guess, you know, kind of like the way, uh, like the way any character in a sitcom hits their stride right about season three. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. I've noticed that too. They'll, they'll have identifiers either in how they communicate with you or, how you hear them, um, and it could be unique. Everyone's minds work different. For me, it's it's like, yeah, I'll hear a different, almost a voice type of um, effect in the thoughts.
1: And I I even notice a, a, a difference in vocabulary, grammar, sentence structure, words that they use, volumes that they speak at. And some of them are just so very distinct that once they start talking, you know immediately who you're talking to without even having to ask.
0: They also, like if somebody out there is listening to this and you work with the Ouija board, they'll come through, the energy will come through different on the Ouija board each time too. Oh, there's Zoltan, he's he's agreeing. But one core thing I want to go back to is, however you plan to do this, here on the podcast, we're only condoning working with divine beings, your angels, spirits of the Goetia, anything that's attached to God energy, positive, do your research And do something that if you have safe magic books, those are going to be safe beings to work with. We don't really condone anything that you find in some weird website on some weird evil thing. I mean, don't, don't mess with dumb stuff. And if you're really worried about something, do some protections, do Psalm 91 before the working or whatever. If you're really worried about it, but honestly,
1: well, if you're really worried about it, don't do it.
0: Yeah. And I wouldn't be presenting anything that I felt was unsafe on this podcast. Here again, I'm only condoning work with angels and beings that connect directly to God energies and divine energies that are there to help you anyway. And your guardian angel is a great one to start working with to be able to hear.
1: Yeah. And, you know, don't don't be surprised when your holy guardian angel ends up having a personality because uh, mine does. She's she's quite sassy.
0: They sync up with your psyche, and they do that
1: for a reason, and it's so that they can work with you. Yeah, and and she's hilarious, and we get along. You know, several times when I've been having really, you know, kind of a blue day, I'll get these images in my mind of just this bizarre stuff that just makes me laugh out loud out of nowhere, and 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 just totally. Totally ruins my, my brooding, you know? <laughs> it just yeah. naps me out of it. And it's, it, it's totally her cause she gets my brain and she knows what I'm going to find funny. And
0: I, I've had, well, both my, my guardian angel as well as Shaw's. I've had things where I've asked questions and I'll literally hear, duh, <laughs> you know, kind of like, Really, you're asking it. You already know this answer, you know, so they'll they'll kind of, well, bitch slap you with words sometimes. But, you know, it's nothing going to be humiliating and it's only going to be something that's going to work with your psyche. Nothing that's going to shame you. (laughs) It's just going to wake you up. You know, it's playful. And here again, in your best interest, it will never make you feel down or negative And if you're not a person that can kid like that, it's not going to come through like that either. That's how our personalities are. So that's how the spirits we work with tend to josh with us and present information and get our attention. And that's what another thing is. They'll do it in a way that gets your attention so that you remember it. And it's not a fleeting thought. You'll meditate on it. You'll maintain that thought. You'll think on it. You'll
1: take it with you. Absolutely. I'll tell you. The first conversation I had with my holy guardian angel went something like this: I've been trying to get a hold of her for the better part of a year, trying all sorts of different stuff, and and I eventually was just like sitting around a bonfire by myself, and I'm just kind of passively thinking about connecting with her, and all of a sudden it happened, right? And uh, I expected it to be this, you know, big profound moment but he goes hey what's up <laughs> i'm like oh my gosh you know kind of like i'm just like are we really talking is this happening she's like yep pretty cool huh and I'm like yes it is it's very cool she goes so how's the weather <laughs> <laughs> i was like what Could you stop being an asshole for like a minute <laughs> No. <laughs> All right, and I was, and that that's how I knew. I was like, "Wow, yeah, I I I would get an angel like that, wouldn't I?" <laughs> <laughs> but but she's great.
0: Yeah, I've had a few moments like that, and uh here again, it's always in a context that's gonna make you think deeper on whatever it is or it's going to make you have realizations. It's always going to be something that's going to work with your psyche and your personality. So, you know, people that don't have the ability to joke around easily, you're probably going to have much different conversations that are going to be very pleasant in some way. And uh, one thing that I have used my guardian angel for for a long time, and this is a fun, mundane thing, is sometimes at nighttime when you get your... um Thoughts are racing from the day. Now, if you have an honest to God insomnia problem, you can work with it with this. But what I'm referring to is usually when you're just still a little bit amped up or you just got a lot on your head or whatever, ask your guardian angel to help you drift off to sleep quickly. And usually if I do that, that's the last thing I remember. (laughs) (laughs) I've been doing that for a long time. But you can you can go to your your angel or your guide team or however you Prefer to view that. Some people just say guides and you can ask them for little tiny things like that just to make your life easier and work with them in little ways. Sometimes it's a really great relationship and uh, you'll get in sync with each other better.
1: Yeah. I mean, one of the things that helped me get in touch with mine more easily was finding little things throughout the day that were maybe hardships, were, you know, things were stacking up and I just, I didn't know how I was going to deal with something or maybe I just kind of felt overwhelmed in some way. And, and in those moments, I would say, you know, Hey, can you, can you just please take this from me right now? I just, yes, I need, I need a lighter load. I've been doing that lately. And I find that not only in the moment does it instantly make me feel lighter, more easily able to do whatever it is I need to do but also i feel like doing that sharing that stuff with my guardian angel helps our relationship get stronger
0: yeah absolutely i've been doing that too sometimes it's difficult for me you know you get that human pride thing going on and i can do it all myself whatever I hand it over to an angel and that's what they're there for ask them to help burden the the, the load and That's another great way to work with them. That's what they want you to do, and that will bond you with them so that you do have a deeper connection. Here again, your your private guardian angel is there for you. It is a great way to start working with channeling energies and forming those bonds with a spirit and hearing them. It's also incredibly safe. You can't go wrong with your guardian angel. It's It's a fail-proof magic system in and of itself.
1: Yeah, they're never going to hurt you. They're always going to help you. And even if they tell you something that's really annoying to hear at the time, they mean well. And it's, it's because usually, you
0: need to hear it. Yeah.
1: It's usually exactly what you need to hear. <laughs> yeah, you do well to listen to it.
0: Here's another thing people don't use their guardian angels for enough. Now, of course, if you've got the books, this and that, work with your magic books. Of course, play with stuff, learn what works for you. Find systems that work for you, experiment, whatever. Find your groove with your magic. But if you don't have your books with you or you're trying to find something to go on with that, you need something in the moment, you can ask your guide team, your guardian angel to help get that message, that need to the appropriate angel or appropriate spirit to help if you don't even know who that spirit is or help employ the help of other spirits on that particular problem that you're having that you need to resolve. And you can always ask them to bring in, you know, reinforcements. Basically, they know everybody. They know all of the popular kids on the block. They're all interconnected. So they can make those connections and bring in other spirits, even if you don't even know what those spirits would be. Hey, I need help here learning this process. I need someone to help me focus, whatever. Can you bring in other angels to help? Ask them. They'll do it.
1: You could even ask them to work with another angel that either is very well connected or that is a master strategist. Like ask them to work with Metatron to come up with a strategy to help you out with something. Or ask them to work with Raziel or Boel, who are both very well connected and can put armies to work for a certain task, you know. Um,
0: Another a book that really emphasizes this whole concept is, and I want to cover it on the podcast. I won't really get into it t- today too much, but it's the, uh, Angel Overlords book. And yeah. the whole concept is you're basically contacting one entity that puts the word out to legions and legions and legions of the other angels. They all know each other. So you end up getting rapid results because that book is structured where it, it just keeps calling on more and more angels, you may get thousands and thousands responding to your one request. And that's another one that's really good for your shadow work and your self betterment work and proving yourself type works. So,
1: yeah. And any of those, any of those angel books in that series, I find work incredibly well. And, you know, they're, they're, they're really well-written books, obviously, but remember it's, you know, they work well because the angels work. well, Right. So
0: yeah. here again, you can't don't, go wrong play with it.
1: Yeah, don't don't doubt your ability, don't doubt your connections or your you're already connected. You just it's almost like you got you got a directory with all the students on campus. You just haven't met all of them yet. So, <laughs> so pretty go, much go introduce yourself, you know. Yep.
0: Pretty much. So yep, have fun. I think the last thing I'm going to mention before we close is I've got the Etsy shop up and running for GOST Radio. It gives you different options for payment that I don't have on the regular gostradio.com website. And a lot of people already know Etsy. They have accounts on Etsy, etc. All you have to do is a search for GOST Radio. No spaces. It'll bring me right up. I've got a wonderful selection of highly unique and interesting expressive tarot cards and Oracle decks and they are on sale through the end of the month. So grab yourself something. All purchases over $35 gets free shipping. And that was another thing. Etsy I can get better shipping deals. So eventually I'll migrate it probably all over there. We're gonna see how it goes for a while first. Um but so far I'm I'm enjoying being over
1: there. Yeah. And if you go to the uh acoustic alchemist shop on Etsy This month, October, I've got a special running 25% off all altar plates.
0: Nice! He does incredible work. He's made several for me, and uh, I highly recommend it. I use them regularly. And they're fun to make. And they're fun to make. Right on. Okay, so yeah, this has been fun. I think next week we're going to come back and just do some really fun Ouija October 2022 stuff. For the podcast of course we got to do some Ouija stories and uh, get some Ouija action going there and then we're going to have a special presentation with Miss Aida that I hope to release on Halloween so yeah one more time I want to say thanks for those that have been writing in Zimbabwe you rock Zoltan loves you back and you know hey nose boops for Zimbabwe right on way to go I guess after that, there's really nothing else to say except keep a smile on your face.
1: Keep a boop in your step.
0: <laughs> keep booping your magic. And until next time, boop, boop.
1: Zimbabwe. <laughs> <laughs>
0: For sticking around after the show. Oh my gosh, so many changes and so many things to tell all of you about. We are officially in rerun mode. What does that mean for you? Well, hey, if you listen on your favorite podcast app, nothing is going to change. You will always be able to go back and listen to your favorite episodes and guest spots anytime you want, just as you always have. Again, nothing will change for those of you that use your favorite podcast app. Next, the website will change a little bit. It will change to www.podpage.com slash random-illusions or you can listen directly off the host site www.randomillusions.buzzsprout.com Links are now in every episode show notes. Check it out. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook facebook.com slash gostradio Twitter.com slash G-O-S-T Radio. If you love YouTube, don't forget to subscribe to the Random Illusions Podcast YouTube channel, the G-O-S-T Radio YouTube channel, and TikTok. Don't forget to follow us there. Links are down in the show notes. Exclusively for the listener base of Random Illusions, Tim and I are going to continue our coffee.com divinations Just let us know if you want a rune reading by Tim or a tarot reading by Shasta and what your question is. Give us about two business days and we will respond with a thorough answer to your question, giving you some insight and maybe a little inspiration as well. If you would like to follow Tim and I as we jump into our new leadership roles and all of the new projects we are presenting and working on, don't forget to hit us up, Facebook, Privately, Tim Cheesebrow, Shasta Michaels, Random Illusions, or just shoot us an email at magic, M-A-G-I-C-K, at randomillusions.com, and we will send you links as to where you can keep tabs on all of our future endeavors and adventures, and hey, you may want to get involved yourself, you never know. All right, keep your eyes and ears peeled, we will be announcing when we will be back.